1: James Matamoros, who is our youth director. We got Mary Duarte, who is our kids director. We got Jason Garcia. Come on, Programming Executive Director. Mr. Freddy Vasquez, Facilities Director. And last but not least, Pastor Jenny Boss, who is our Connections Director as well. These leaders have been getting ready for today's message, and I'm excited to share with you. Like I was mentioning, we're all going to be talking about the same subject simply from different angles. And the title of today's message is, What's My Name? Uh, Not to be confused by another hit song called, Say My Name. All right, that's another sermon for another day. But how many people know that names absolutely matter? There are some people here who are better with names than others. There are some people here, hey, the first time you meet somebody, boom, their name is like engraved on your heart, right? Like it's just, you know it. You see them two, three years later and it's like, oh yeah, I remember your name. There's some other people though, maybe more kind of like my people, who have to work a little bit harder to try to remember their names. It's happened before where someone had told me their name and like seconds later, I already forgot what it was. And it's the worst, it's the worst. And I'm like trying to remember like, you know, uh, I'll try to do like different techniques, you know, like, hey, how do you spell your last name again? Right, and it's like, they never even said it, right? But I'm, uh, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get them to, to share their name again with me. And, but names absolutely matter, because names give clues, insight, association to people, places, and things. For example, if I were to say Michael Jordan, Some things might come into your mind. Some people think of basketball. Some people think of the Chicago Bulls. Some people think of of a basketball game that maybe you had a chance to go and and see him and play in person. If I were to say Disney World, some people might think of Mickey Mouse. Some people might think of roller coasters. Some people might think of expensive food. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe, maybe if I were to say New York City though right? Something else might come to mind. Maybe it's the lights. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's the statue of Liberty. Maybe it's real pizza or I don't know. Somebody said that, but nonetheless, nonetheless names associate, give feeling, give description, give, give purpose to something else. And, uh, you know, it's similar to even like when a woman is going to get married and she takes on her husband's last name. Right. There's a message in that, that there is a union happening, that they are, they are one, that they are one family. And, uh, we'll do even crazy stuff sometimes to try to get the name of a certain person. Or if there's somebody you really admire, you'll, you'll stand in really long lines or you'll save up a lot of money just to be able to get into the room or, or get, get their autograph. Why? Because we want their name. And I I wonder what comes to mind when I say the name of God. I wonder what comes to your mind when I say the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, There might be some people who have an incredible relationship with him right now and you're doing well, but there might be some people who are new to the faith or, or came in here with some questions. Nonetheless, I want to encourage you that in Scripture, there are many names of God. And all these names of God go to teach us different angles, different sides of him. It's not multiple gods, it's simply one God, but from different angles. I thought about it like this, kind of, even I am a husband, but I'm also a son, and I'm also a father. I'm I'm not different people, I'm one person, but from different angles. And all these names of God that are found in scripture simply go to reveal a different aspect of God and how we can get to know him a little bit better. I wanna read two Bible scriptures, Psalms 34 verse three, that encourages us by saying, oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Psalms 111 verse nine says, holy and awesome is his name. And so today that's what we're going to do. What's my name? We're we're going to focus on the names of God. Now, honestly, we can't cover all the names of God today, but we are gonna touch on five. And each of our speakers have identified with one particular name of God that has ministered to them, that has really uh, spoke to them. And they're going to challenge and encourage us. They're going to encourage us, rather, through their experiences. Now, something you should know that oftentimes they're going to begin with the name of God saying Jehovah blank, Jehovah something Jehovah, in case you haven't heard that phrase before, it simply means God in the Hebrew. So it's the God that, or it's the, it's the Lord who. It's a, it simply means God. But they're gonna go and break it down a little bit better in each and every one of their talks. But can you help me welcome today's first speaker, Mr. James
2: Matamoros? Come on, Journey, 12 o'clock. How you guys doing? Let's go, like Pastor Joey said, my name is James and alongside my amazing wife, we get to serve the youth and the drippiest youth in the world, love you all. You guys are the best. And today the word of God that I want to share with you, the name of God that I wanna share with you is Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is peace. Have y'all ever felt like your life was maybe in pieces? Like maybe the other day you went to Starbucks and on your way to Starbucks, you get your drink, a Trenta-sized drink. Yes, that is a size. I didn't make that up. It's the largest size. And you drive away and you forget to put in the cup holder and it spills everywhere and you spend 20 minutes cleaning it up. And then even after that, your push to start button may never be the same. (laughs) Not just me, maybe. But have you guys like for real ever felt like your life was in pieces? Maybe academically this year has not been your year. Maybe economically finances have been tight and it's been hard to be transparent with others about that. Maybe your health is not where it is or or the health of a loved one is not where you wish it was. Or maybe a relationship or lack thereof has caused so much heartbreak that maybe you can't even concentrate right now. See, I don't know what your battle may be, But I can not remind you, Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is peace. We see this in Judges and we see a a man by the name of Gideon, who Gideon was a leader and him and the Israelites kept losing battle after battle. And they began to question God because they were like, what is going on? And they felt like God had abandoned them, but in reality they had abandoned God. And God had to send an angel to Gideon to remind him that he is there and he has peace that is like no other peace. But the problem is, I think too often when we think of the Lord is peace instead, when we want peace, we think peace is money or peace is our loved one or peace is our occupation, But God offers a peace that goes above and beyond that. In Judges chapter six, verse 24, it says this, then Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it, the Lord is peace. He had to build that as a reminder. And in this season, I've needed a reminder. I have a picture of my amazing wife and our five month old son, little JC, AKA baby James. They are the best. But when he was first born, it was a weird season. I went into fatherhood for the first time. I changed the diaper for the first time and nobody told me his first diaper was gonna look like that. <laughs> like they didn't. And people told me to get some rest, they did, but then after actually waking up every two hours, it hits you. And then if I'm being completely, completely real, one of my closest friends at the age of 23 passed away a couple months ago. And it was a season where I had to be reminded that God is my peace. You see, what's huge is that Gideon, when he built this altar, it wasn't to build this altar and just remind him of peace, but it was to build this altar in the midst that his battles still hadn't been done yet. See, I don't know what you're going through today, but if you're in battle, if you're struggling, don't wait for that season to be over to find that peace. God wants you to have a peace for the rest of your life. I know it, it, it may have been hard. And, and when I dropped, um, honestly, my Starbucks drink, it was a little tough and difficult. And I was kind of annoyed because my push to the start button for real. Like I click it and it stays there. And one day my car's not gonna turn on. But I drove and was late to a meeting, but on my way to the meeting, I passed to the side of me and there was an accident. And it was a reminder that though I was in that struggle or though I was in that season that I didn't wanna be in, God was protecting me from something. And automatically I felt that peace. See again. I don't know what you're going through, but I come to remind you that when it comes to peace, our God is saying, "Hey, rest assured and have peace in knowing that there is purpose when your life feels like it's in pieces." Again, God in this season to me has been Jehovah Shalom. Thank you.
3: Hello, Journey Church. I'm Maddie. And I get to lead a Journey Kids as its director. Anybody from Journey Kids here in the house? Woo, woo. They're the best team, y'all. We are so blessed to have them pour into our children every Sunday. And so today, the name that I, diso- that I chose to share is very dear to my heart and is Jehovah Rapha. And it means I am your healer. And we're going to go to the book of Exodus fifteen, twenty-six, And it says, he said, If you listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I've brought unto the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. And in this passage, we find Moses, a man God chose to take the Israelites out of Egypt. The Israelites had been walking around the desert for three days without finding any water. But on the third day, they found this river. They went to the water. They drank. And to their surprise, the water was bitter. They were so mad. They went to Moses, their leader, and told him, Moses, you have us walking around in circles in this desert. The water is bitter and we're thirsty. And so Moses went to God, and God told him, all right, Moses, you're going to get a piece of branch of wood, you're going to throw it into the bitter water, and I'm going to turn it sweet. And that's exactly what happened, and that's the first time we see in Scripture that the Lord made his miracle, and he's our healer. And well, I've experienced the Lord as my healer in my life. He healed my dad from cancer. He also healed my brother from leukemia, and he also healed my mom from a kidney disease. Yes, He's good. And, but last year, actually, we experienced a little something different. You see, my brother-in-law, Leo, he had been sick for about two years. And the doctor said the only thing that they could do to heal him or to get him better was through a transplant of six organs. That sounds impossible, but the Lord provided the six organs. But in the middle of the transplant, he passed away. And maybe you're sitting here today and you're saying... I want God to heal my marriage. I want God to heal that sickness. I want God to heal my mental health, that anxiety, that depression that I've been fighting for so long. And maybe you're confused as to why God still has not answered that prayer. Well, like it happened to me in my life. That happened and I started to feel a little weird, a little bitterness because I'm like, Lord, I know that you can do it, but did you do it? Well, what I didn't know is that God was healing other areas of my life, that he's still our healer, whether we see it or not. But this story actually of the Israelites reminds me of Jesus. It's a foreshadowing story to Jesus because it says that after the third day, they found their miracle. But it also says that Moses, God used Moses with a piece of wood, aka the cross, to turn that bitterness into sweetness. And you see, sometimes we get upset when God doesn't answer that prayer. And we start to grow a little bit bitter in our hearts. But what God wants us to do is to turn our eyes on him and to look at our healer and to know that he can turn that bitterness into sweetness and i want to ask you today are you more focused on the healing or on the healer are you more focused on what god you want god to do for you or are you more focused on what who god is in your life because to god the condition of our hearts is more important than any other circumstance So what do you do when you don't see or when you think that God didn't do that miracle or when God didn't answer that prayer? You do what Moses did. You do what I did. You run to God. You still praise him. You still glorify him. You still serve him because at the end of the day, he's still a good God and he is our Jehovah Rapha and that is who God is in my life, my healer.
4: Wow, so good. Hey y'all, give it up for James and Meddy. Next gen represented in the house. Come on y'all. If you guys don't know, if this is your first time, my name is Jason, and alongside my beautiful wife, Jody, I get to serve here as the executive director of programming, and it is the joy of my life. I got a secret this is the first time I'm preaching here at Journey, and um, it is so exciting. It's an honor to be here, and I got to do it, guys. I got to do the preacher thing. I got to show you guys my family. Hey, that's my family. On the left, that's Jotty, my wife, in the middle. That is not my clone. That's not like a mini-me. That's my son. His name is Jaden Ezra Garcia. He's 18 months old. Hey, don't be deceived by that smile. He is a full-blown toddler, y'all. How many of you guys have toddlers or had a toddler? If you know one or two things about toddlers, actually two things. One thing is that they're dangerous. And the second thing is that they're destructive. Yeah. If you were to pay me $100 to leave my son unsupervised in this room for five minutes, just five minutes, the length of this preaching for $100, five minutes, I would tell you no. Why? Because he would probably cause more damage than $100. And that would be a bad deal. The moment he was born... Um, I knew one thing as a father, if I wanted to be a good father, and as long as he's a child, as long as he needs my help, I will be there for him and I will never leave him. And sometimes I feel like God sees us that way as children. I will never leave you because we are bound and we are created for, for, for not created, but we, we are capable of so much destruction alone without God's presence. And that's the face of God that I want to talk to you about today. Jehovah Shama. God is there. If this is the first time you're hearing about this concept or, or, or God being there, you're probably asking, where is there? Let's look in the scriptures and find out. Psalm 137, or 139, verse 7 to 12, it says, David writes, verse 7, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to the heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night. But even in the darkness, I cannot hide from you to you. The night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. David is pretty much saying darkness does not hide from God. And what is darkness? I, I defined it this way. Darkness is areas in our life where we begin to convince ourselves that God is not there. I remember a dark season in my life many, many years ago. I was 15 years old and um, I thought I knew everything. I thought I knew what family was, I thought I knew what marriage was. And unexpectedly, without warning, my parents split. And everything I knew or everything I thought I knew about family began to become just a, a lie in, in my eyes. And in that moment, I experienced darkness where I begin to, to convince myself that God was not there in that season. Isn't it funny? When things don't go, when things don't go how we want it, why do we assume that God is not in it? Come on, y'all. Maybe for you, it's a relationship that ended in hurt. Maybe you lost a loved one and you just don't understand why. Maybe this might resonate with some of you guys. If you're praying for a home right now in a market that just seems impossible, or maybe you're watching Journey Online, you couldn't make it to church today because the way the gas prices are set up right now is just not working. You know, Dave Ramsey would tell you to come to church though. But when life looks unfamiliar, Here's what I do. I call on Jehovah Shammah, the God who is there. It's my favorite part of the scripture. It says, but even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. Even in the dark where I cannot see, God is there. Darkness, hear this out. Darkness is just an environment. My doubt is just a reaction. And I want to leave you with just one point. Don't allow darkness to justify your doubt. The very first thing that God did before creation, the first thing he did was hover over darkness. He had power over the darkness. And if that's not enough for you, the second thing he did was speak life into it. Not only is he there hovering over your darkness, he's getting ready to speak light into it. And that's who God is in my life. Jehovah Shammah, the God who is there. (laughs)
5: What's up, Journey Church? Everybody here, receive some word. So if I haven't had the privilege of meeting you, my name is Freddy Vasquez, and yes, I am related. Um, <laughs> yeah, some of you know me as the guy in the red shirt, the security guy in the red shirt, and some other of you know me as the maintenance guy with a hammer and a chisel in his hand all day long. But today, the only thing I want to fix is the misconception that God's not going to be there every single time that you need him. He's the man. He's the one that's going to be there when you call on him. He's the one that's going to be there when you give him the opportunity. It's not always what we want, but it is always what we need. when we ha- when God knows what we need, and he knows what we want, too. But he's not always going to give you what you want, but he's always going to give you what you need. So sometimes... There are those of us that are waiting for a healing, others that are waiting for a home, maybe waiting for a home, a car, maybe a job, maybe some money, or maybe even a honey. I don't know what you want, but I'll tell you one thing, whatever it is, if it's what you need, God's going to give it to you. Amen. Matthew 6, uh, verse 26 says, Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than them? Are you not much more valuable, man? God knows what you need, and he's going to give you what you need as long as you allow him the opportunity to do that. Let me tell you a story, personal story about me. So I come from New York. I'm a New Yorker. A Brooklynite. And uh, across the street from the church I used to go to is a pizzeria. Uh, Vinny is the owner, real close friend of mine. He's like my brother. And I had gotten into an accident. I got retired from New York City Department early. And it took six years to get retribution for the accident. Six years. So six years, no income. My wife was working overtime. Everything was depleted. And I was about to lose my house. I go to the pizzeria across the street. I sit down and Vinny walks up to me and he says, hey, Freddie, what's wrong? It's like, I didn't talk to this guy. I didn't tell him nothing. He's like, what's wrong, Freddie? I was like, there's nothing wrong, dude. He says, you know, what is wrong? I said, man, there is nothing wrong. So he goes, come to my house tomorrow. Just come to my house. I walk to his house. I mean, I drive to his house. Go to his house. Knock on the door. He opens up the door and he gives me an envelope with $5,000. Just enough to make me straight. I didn't ask him for that. I didn't tell him I was in trouble, but you know what? Jehovah Jireh, my provider, he knew what I needed, and he's never going to give you too much. He's never going to come a day early. He's never going to come a minute late. He's always going to be on time, and he's always going to provide when you need something. In the Bible, in Luke 19, chapter, chapter 19, verse 14, it says, 40, it says, I tell you, he replied, if you... If you keep quiet, the stones will cry out. Vinny was my stone. Sometimes God calls on you. God calls on me to do things to help others, and we just don't hear it. But you know what? God will use whoever he needs to to get to you, to help you, to give you what you need. And in that moment, Vinny was my stone. God gave him what I needed, and he gave it to me. Amen. So there's a poem that some of you may know, and some of you may not know. But it's a poem about footprints in the sand, and I'm just going to say it. Uh, so there's a guy and he's talking to God and he says hey God I know that when I accepted you you said that you would always be with me that I would never need anything you would always be with me you would always provide but it seems like every time I'm in trouble every time it's going hard I look down and I only see one set of footprints and he hears a voice that says my son I would never leave you alone, especially in your hard times. When you look down and you saw only one set of footprints, it's because I was carrying you. God is there for you. He's there to carry you. He's there to take the load off your back. He's there to provide when you need someone to provide. In Matthew 6, 31 to 34, it says, So do not worry, saying, What shall I eat? Or what shall I drink? Or what shall I wear? For the pagans run after all these things. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of these things shall be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about how you're going to pay the bills. Don't worry if they're threatening to take your house. God is in control and he's got your back. Always. And that is what God is to me.
6: Hey guys. So I was going to take my five minutes and rap in Spanish. Uh, y'all don't know about me rapping in Spanish. Este pari por santos. Okay, no, 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 no. I got a word from the Lord I got to share with you. Okay, all right. So I am a pastor here at Journey and I am also a Christian. Um, that's not always been my story though. I became a Christian when I was 25 years old and pre-Jesus, it was very far from Jesus. Um, my life pretty much revolved around drugs, sex, and money. And I became a Christian, again, at 25 years old. And then I really thought that there was going to be this magical transformation. I was going to be this holier-than-thou woman, and it was going to be amazing. But that's not what happened. My life actually got a whole lot worse before it got better. My decisions got a whole lot worse before anything got better. And I think that's one of the reasons why I'm super passionate about mental health and growth in combining with a relationship with Jesus, because I've been able to see God show up in my life as Jehovah Mikadesh, which means God, my sanctifier. Now, the first time we see this in the word is Leviticus chapter 20, verse eight, where God says, I am the Lord who sanctifies you. He's saying, I am the one that does the sanctifying. Now, there's more to this. There's another step to this, and I'm gonna share that with you guys in just a second. But sanctification is really separating ourselves from sin. It's walking out that holy life, stepping into being, having a life that's more resemblance of the character of God. And sin is our poor choices, our bad moral decisions, anything that we would choose to do that would cause God's heart to grieve. Now, in this world, we're gonna be separated no matter what. There's going to be a separation no matter what we do, and we can choose to either be separated from God by sin, or we can be separated from this world through sanctification. And we're going to look at what Paul says in Romans 12:2. Let's go ahead and put that verse up on the screen. And it says, Do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind, focusing on godly values and ethical attributes so that you may prove for yourself what God's will is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect in his plan and purpose for you. Now, this is an amazing verse and there's so much to unpack here, but we're going to focus specifically where it says transform and progressively changed and changed into what? God's character. That is our goal. That is the goal of this Christian walk is to be changed into God's character. And what are some of the attributes of God? It's love, peace, patience, long-suffering, goodness, kindness, gentleness, self-control. Oh, that self-control one right there. When I turned 25, that self-control one was the one that hit me the hardest and was the hardest for me to do. But I learned another attribute about God when I turned 25, and that's God is a gentleman. God was not going to force this sanctification process on me. He wasn't gonna force me to be holy. He wanted me to make the decision. He wanted me to say yes. Now God's healing miraculous power can be available immediately. And sometimes it happens that way, but sanctification rarely happens that way. Sanctification is a process, something we say yes to and something we walk into. So we have to decide, do we want to be separated by sin or do we want to be separated by sanctification? Now, I told you we're going to go back to that verse again because there's another step to this. And the verse before um, chapter 20, verse 8 is number 7, rightfully so, because 7 comes before 8. And it says, set yourselves apart for a holy life. Set yourselves apart for a holy life. So God does the sanctifications, but you have a part in this too. You've got to set yourselves apart. You set yourselves apart by saying yes, by saying I'm ready. So after I accepted Jesus, I got to a place where I was ready to say yes to God. I was ready to step in to what he had for me. I was ready to say yes. And so I want to encourage you, wherever you find yourself at, It's not too late to say yes. No matter how bad it is, no matter how bad your decisions are, even if your decisions are along the lines of drugs, sex, and money, it doesn't matter. You're not too far. You're ready right where you're at. Your yes is right what God needs in this moment. Now, do you know, sin entered this world through one person. Sin left this world through one person. A decision can be made with one person. Your life can be changed with one yes. So today is the day that I hope you make that decision to say that yes. You're not too far from God. He loves you right where you're at. And this sanctification is a process. I'm still walking it out in my life. And I know you are too. But that's why he's Jehovah Mikadesh, God our sanctifier. Yeah.
1: Hey, come on, can we give it up for all of our speakers today? Make some noise for them. Thank you so much, guys, for being with us. I love hearing people's stories, and I love the opportunity that we had today to be able to see how God has shown up time and time again in their lives, and I know if we, if we pass the microphone around in this particular space, everybody here would have a, a story to share of their thought of God and how they've experienced him in a special way. Again, like I said earlier, hey, there's some people in here who maybe when I say God, you know, you have a thriving relationship with the Lord right now. And that's incredible. I hope that these names of God inspire you, encourage you to study and dive deeper. This year we did declare we're going into the cloud and we're simply going to go higher into the things of God and know him better than ever before. And so like these names, there's so many more names in scripture of how God has shown up time and time again for his people and how he'll do it for us as well. But maybe there's some people in this place too, who maybe you're just here because a friend friend invited you. Maybe you're watching online because somebody tagged you in a post and you're just here kind of with questions and you're really, you're really, you really have just your own things that you're worrying about, and you feel like your life is in pieces, like, like James was talking about, and maybe you feel, you know, you need a, you need healing in some area of your life, like Medhi was talking about, hey, God is there with you, wherever you're at, although you may not see him, although you may not feel him, but I believe that God is there with you, like Jason was talking about, and he'll provide, he'll provide for you, in the most, uh, you know, supernatural of ways, like, mr Freddie was talking about and i think the power of one yes like pastor jenny mentioned is all it requires for you to to experience god's fullness in your life and at this time i'm going to invite you to stand up on your feet with me and we want to just say a prayer for you and for a moment of privacy i'm going to invite you to close your eyes and bow your heads I think the, the spirit of the message is, you know what? God is saying, I am whatever you need me to be in your life today. Is it a guide? Is it direction? Is it strength? Or is it Savior? It begins with a relationship with Jesus. And that today is what we want to offer you. That opportunity for you to invite Jesus into your life. And nothing weird is going to happen, but like Pastor Jenny talked about it. The process begins, but it begins with the yes with every eye closed in this place, if you're here today and whether this is the first time in a long time or maybe it's the first time you've ever made this decision, but you wanna, you're you're tired of kind of doing things your own way. You're tired of just trying to figure out just kind of wait to see what life brings my way, but you're ready for, for this, from this point on, for you to follow Christ intentionally and let Him be the one to guide you and let Him be the one to put the pieces back together. On the count of three, I'm gonna invite you to lift up your hand high as a sign saying, God, here's my life, here's my heart, I give it to you. One, today is the day of salvation. Two, these messages were for you. Three, lift it up right now, right there where you're at. I see hands going up all over this place right now. That takes a lot of boldness. Thank you so much for doing that. Why don't you put your hand down right now? And I'm gonna invite everybody, whether you raise your hand or not, but repeat after me this prayer. It's simple, yet it's powerful. Say, Dear Jesus, Come on, say, Dear Jesus, we thank you for this day. I invite you to my life. I give you everything that I am. I heard a word today that encouraged me and challenged me. I declare that from this day forward, I will never be the same again in
0: Jesus' name. We hope you've enjoyed this message, and we would love to hear your story and how this ministry is changing your life. Please email us at amen at journeyorl.com. And if you would like to support financially, you can give online at journeyorl.com give. If you're in the area, join us on Sunday for the full experience. Have a blessed week.